back to our study of God's Word. We're talking about the Beatitudes, and we're talking about being merciful, what it really means to be merciful. Blessed are the merciful, Jesus said, for they will be shown mercy. So as we, as we are merciful, we receive mercy. And I think it's important for us to understand that, that uh, uh, that happens that way. The last week or so, we've uh, seen a lot in the papers about people there's a lot of stories going around about different people who have done different things, like the people who've cheated in the college scandal and all those things. And there's all kinds of evil going on. But if it's related to us, we have to decide how we are going to respond to these kinds of things and what we're going to do. I want you to see the revolutionary reason why we should express mercy. And that is it, that they, for they shall receive mercy, it says in the verse, blessed are those that are merciful, for they shall receive mercy. They is emphatic. It means they and they alone shall receive mercy. James 2.13 says the same thing. For judgment will be merciless to one who has shown no mercy. Jesus said in Matthew 6.14.15, if you forgive men for their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men, then your Father will not forgive your transgressions. Now, some have completely missed the point here, and they teach that, that one can merit God's mercy by performing acts of mercy. Now, that's not what God's saying. And such an idea is, is completely at variance with all the rest of Scripture about salvation. Salvation is not something we earn by being merciful. If receiving God's forgiveness could only be merited by becoming forgiving, none of us would ever be forgiven because we don't deserve that. What this passage means is that those who are truly God's children, who truly trusted him, are the objects of his mercy, and they themselves, because of that, will show mercy. Showing mercy is evidence that we have received mercy. There's a sense in which we're to act mercifully towards others, but the scripture is saying, when a man sows, he also reaps, and Jesus taught with what measure you measure out will also be measured back to you again. So I think it's important to recognize that, and others will respond to what we're doing when we're acting mercifully. They will often respond back to us in the same way that we have responded to them. If we, if we do that, then Jesus will be pleased too because we are obeying him and we're acting out our faith, which he has already worked in us by forgiving us and giving us mercy. So if we have no mercy, then we are not believers. That's basically, I think, what he's saying. I didn't say we become Christians by showing mercy, but I do say that we are not believers if we're unwilling to show mercy because the evidence that we have received mercy is seen in that we give mercy. Now, a lot of people talk about helping those in needs, and to do so, we have to do something more than talk. We have to do something more than say something about it. We have to do something about it, and that's when we begin to express mercy. And uh, so I think... If we bear one another's burdens, we fulfill the law of Christ, as the scripture says. And if we lift up our fallen brother and try to help him get back into fellowship, we're showing mercy. And uh, the other night, uh, some time ago, I went to a Rockets ball, basketball game, and I enjoyed the game. But what I did not enjoy was my heart hurt within me as I looked out over the people and I walked down the corridors and I saw attitudes and actions and just the whole demeanor on the faces of a lot of people that, that they needed mercy. 
They needed God's mercy. You can just see that in people almost. And the second test about mercy is if we have no mercy to forgive, then we're not genuine true believers. And so we must exercise that mercy. We must demonstrate it to other people. And Jesus told the story of the unmerciful slave who owed the master millions of dollars. There was no way he could ever pay the debt. And his master forgave him. And then he went out and would not forgive someone who owed him just a small amount of money. And the Lord knew that this man had truly not experienced mercy or he would not have acted in that way towards someone else. When John Wesley was in America as a missionary in the colony of Georgia, on one occasion he attempted to intercede for a servant of Governor Oglethorpe. The servant had broken a bottle of the governor's rare and expensive wine, and the governor was very upset and without mercy toward the servant's clumsiness. When Wesley attempted to intervene, the situation worsened, and Oglethorpe shouted at John Wesley, I never forgive. Then Wesley calmly replied, in that case, sir, I hope you never offend, because if we never forgive, we never offend because we cannot be forgiven. And a part of what evidence is that we are God's people is that we are mercy givers and that we show that mercy to people day after day after day. Jim Jungan was willing to forgive. He was willing to forgive someone who killed his wife and his father. He pleaded with the judge in Korea to spare the life of the communist who committed these murders because he said, the Lord whose I am and whom I serve would have me show mercy to them. Later, he was able to lead these communists to faith in Jesus Christ. That's love, that's mercy, that's concern. Jesus didn't die for a select few. He died for everyone. He died for the vile, the evil, the wicked, the criminal, the killer. He, he died for the person we hate the most, who's the worst person around. He died for the person we love the most. In her book, The Hiding Place, Corey Tinboon uh, writes about the post-war when she was in Raven's book, concentration camp with her sister Betsy and her sister had died and she'd been subjected both of them subjected to horrible indignities it was after she was out after the war she spoke at a church in Munich Germany and she saw one of the former Nazi men who had stood guard at the shower room door in the processing center at Ravensbrück he was the first of our actual jailers I had seen since that time she said Suddenly it was all there, the room full of mocking men, the heaps of clothing, and Betsy, my sister's pained face. He came up to me as church was emptying, beaming and bowing. How grateful I am for your message, he said, to think that, as you say, Jesus has washed my sins away. His hand was thrust out to shake mine, and Corey Tinboom said, I, who had preached so often we need to forgive, kept my hand at my side. Even as the angry, vengeful thoughts boiled through me, I saw the sin of them. Jesus Christ had died for this man. Was I going to ask for more? Lord Jesus, I pray, forgive me and help me to forgive him. I tried to smile. I struggled to raise my hand. I could not. I felt nothing. But the slightest, not even the slightest spark of warmth or charity. And so again, she said, I breathed a silent prayer. Jesus, I cannot forgive him. Give me your forgiveness. And as I took his hand, the most incredible thing happened. From my shoulder, along my arm, and through my hand, a current seemed to pass from me to him. And while in my heart there sprang a love for this stranger that almost overwhelmed me. Friends, regardless of what wrong has been done to us, 
We can forgive. We can be merciful. We can express the kind of mercy that Jesus expressed for us if we are willing to do so. God bless you. Have a great day. 